my goodness, we've got guests. You know what that means. It's another Masterclass episode on Studio Class. Ooh, divas. I am so excited about our Masterclass episode today. I have with us Odea Nini, and I cannot wait for you to hear all of her wisdom, all of her just amazingness. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about her first. So Odea is a Los Angeles-based experimental vocalist and contemporary composer. I had Odea be a part of the Sybaritic Singers 29 Days to Diva kind of mentor cohort, you know, a few years back. And I just could not get enough of her her thoughts about singing. And one of the reasons is, you know, she is so embodied in her work. Her solo vocal work extends the dimension and expression of the voice and body. She really just understands voice in this very holistic way. She's an incredible collaborator. So she's collaborated extensively with dancers, visual artists, filmmakers, theater directors, as both a composer and a soloist. And she's also worked with and appeared in works by artists and ensembles such as Meredith Monk, uh, Wild Up, The Industry, you name it, she's done it. And she has done venues, festivals, all sorts of things, but she's also done a lot of work in academia and has lectured on contemporary vocal techniques and composition at the university level and leads workshops exploring the creative and healing qualities of voice and movement. And you'll hear us talk a little bit about sound baths and all of that cool stuff that she does. So yeah, before I just go on and on about Odea, I, I, you know, highly encourage you to check out her website and go listen to all of her recordings, but listen to this episode first. So here we go. This is <laughs> a studio class masterclass episode with the one and only Odea Nini. Hooray! Odea, welcome to studio class. This is a masterclass episode and I cannot tell you how excited I am that you are here. It's been a long time dream of mine to be able to talk to you and just share about our musical lives together. And so even though we are not in person physically, I, I feel like this is really special. So welcome. And I hope that you'll just kick us off by telling us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you so much, Megan. Thanks for having me. Um, a bit about myself. Well, I am a performer, even though <laughs> these days it's, yeah. Um, and I've, I guess these days identify even more as a teacher in the mm -hmm. year, last year and a half. Um, and I lead vocal sound baths, sound healing. So kind of those worlds of being a teacher and being a performer, being an artist, mm -hmm. um, and then also being sound sound healing practitioner yeah. um so yeah there's kind of that trio of practices that's, that's I, I guess. love that <laughs> if there's anyone who might be listening that is unfamiliar with sound healing or sound baths would you just give them a little intro into that side of your life yeah um Sound baths, you know, it came from, I taught yoga for a very long time. And, um, and in, in parallel, I was teaching yoga. And I was at that time, I was studying jazz and contemporary music at the new school, and kind of getting more and more into free jazz and experimental music and discovering that abstract expression and, and then the yoga at the same time, and I felt that they were very separate worlds. Mm. And I was really curious about um, what it would be like for people to experience 
abstract art, experimental music, things that they might feel like they don't connect with. Um, and if they, if they experience them with their eyes closed, laying down, mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of in a frontal position and um, looking at me or, or anything um, that they see that they can't immediately make sense of maybe. Mm -hmm. And if they're experiencing it with their eyes closed and in a state of calm and just taking something in that way, if they would appreciate in a different way and not only appreciate, but experience it and enjoy it and be moved by it in a different kind of way. So that's kind of how I came into it as an artist. Um, I didn't start at, from a sound healing place. I started as a yoga teacher. I practiced yoga and I loved yoga and I love teaching yoga. And um, But I thought of those worlds very separate. And then when I brought in kind of my abstract art, which is very expressive, very dynamic, um, you know, the tones, just the movement of sound, which was my practice as an artist, when I brought that into this arena of meditation, um, I, yeah, it, it's, it strengthened both of those sides, the, 100%. the my performance practice and confirming that it is, it is a healing, it is mm -hmm. a healing practice and it's sound is movement and it's energy and it's moving through us and it's shifting us and it's changing us and it's transforming us. Even in, in the immediate, I, I, I believe that it could have instant transformation um, for someone where it really hits them and it just opens something inside of them. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I, I, I brought my work into this sound healing. But since then, I've allowed myself to kind of go deeper, deeper into sound healing itself and consider myself a sound a sound healer working with the crystal bowls and the Himalayan bowls like gongs and the chimes and and really being in tune with that flow and guiding people in that space of um, of movement of energy um, mm -hmm. in, in meditation um, so yeah I feel very much rooted in that world now but I also have brought that very much into my world as a performer, vocalist, yeah. composer, and I feel like no matter what I'm doing, I feel like I am in a state of meditation and I'm sending yeah. out that vibration, energy, love, just movement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really beautiful. It's one of the things that I love so much about about your work in overall is just the integration of all of that and you it's very present even watching you in a in a video so that's that's such a beautiful part of what you do i was wondering if if you ever had a moment where those felt like they were farther away or did you always feel like the sound and movement and energy were in integral to your sound making as an artist yeah i think originally when i began to I mean, my path really started with theater. When I was mm -hmm. a child, I was very passionate about theater and being an actress, and that was my dream originally. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then I studied theater pretty seriously, and I realized that I just kind of wanted to be myself. <laughs> yeah. But embody uh, these different things, but not embody them as like a character that someone else wrote that mm -hmm. I become. I still very much respect theater, but I, I really wanted it to be parts of myself that I embodied and channeled and became. Mm -hmm. um, so 
um, that kind of shifted me into music and and, and, vo- and vocalizing and I mean I always I, I always sang but I yeah. it kind of my singing became more of an embodying of expression expressing something yeah and um, and when I moved to California actually that's when it really the movement I had n- never even heard of performance art dance or mm-hmm. anything somatic practices I had never heard of it before I moved to California when studying jazz or living in New York I I, it it just wasn't on my radar so when I moved out here and I got to know a community of um, performance artists and movers performance art dance Mm -hmm. and somatic practices and just being a part of that um, that community and being part of pieces and being guided in these ways where you know, not in composition, someone is telling, it's written out, like, this, yeah. is, what, this is the dynamics, this is the expression, everything's there, these are the notes. And suddenly in that world, it was, um, you know, guided through imagery, guided through all these other things. And I thought, wow, what a, what a different process. Yeah. <laughs> and this is still the work of the, of the composer, of the choreographer. Right. You know, even though they didn't tell me exactly what to do, they guided me through their words and through their images and through creating space for me and through creating interactions for me um, to bring their work to to life. So um, I've just been extremely inspired by that process for over a decade now since I've been here and brought that into my into my world. When I first moved to California, I went to I went to CalArts that first year. I studied MFA in composition. And the first year, I actually really moved away from the voice. I didn't do any voice work. I mm. thought, I want to be a composer. I want to be in my head. I want to create yeah. this deeper into this practice of world creating, sound creating, all yeah. that, um, and really put my voice aside. And then being a part of this community here in LA of movers, dancers, and I thought, wow, this is this is just so much stronger than me. This is, uh, uh, yeah. It, so it came back in full force, <laughs> and I felt with, like completely changed. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, the performance I do today, which I call a solo voice, mm-hmm. which is always changing. It's never the same yeah. performance. The first a solo voice was my in in grad school. It was my like my thesis performance, basically. Right. Right. And. It, so it had compositional elements and it had the voice and it had a lot of movement. And and in terms of, it, it really began with um, not wanting to perform in front of a microphone mm-hmm. or amplified sound, really wanting to use the space. Um, and if I'm using the space and I'm, I gotta use a lot of energy to send my sound out, it's gotta be big, it's gotta move, it's gotta shift and I just, it just became balls of sound, and I'm just yeah. talking the sound, moving the sound, throwing the sound, dropping the sound, lifting. Like it's like that. You know, I want the sound to bounce off of walls and do all these wild things, so it can come back and I can hear it differently and I can play with the reverb. It was just yeah. ha- literally wanting to move sound in the space, and then my body just had to do that physicalize yeah that. yeah so physicalizing sound and to to literally help my muscles organize themselves in a way where i could project in that kind of way so it kind of began like that and and then it's just become so much more and just uh 
looking deeper into ourselves and everything that the body holds and the body stores and unraveling those things and the habits and the history we have in our body and, and the mind, just everything that came with uh, the body-mind connection. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I was like, this is going to be one of those conversations where I just want to go in so many places because I'm like, I want to talk about this. And I also want to talk about this. And, but one of the things that you said just now that I really, that really struck me. And one of the things that I think about with your work is because you were talking about the sound in the space. And I loved the connection between when I think of your work, I also think of very embodied music making, sound making and the, the mind-body connection, both as a music maker, but as a listener, the this mind-body connection as being a listener, as well as, and I think it's connected to how the sound works in a space being unamplified, I think is really interesting. And our physical connection to that and being able to send the sound in different ways or receive the sound in certain ways when you're being very present and using the room or really thinking about your body being a part of it. I was wondering if you would talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really been everything for me, like resonance, mm -hmm. the space, in terms of just how beautiful something sounds yeah. when it's creating, um, just that pleasure of um, feeling like you're as big as a huge cathedral yeah or you can touch a canyon you you you're, yeah. you feel so vast and so huge so when, when um when you can really understand that sound is bouncing off of something it's physical it's mm -hmm. coming out of us it's invisible we can't see it but it's physical and it's touching it can touch something really far away yeah. or it can touch something right next to you and yeah. it's touching yourself and it's incredible to um, make peace, I think, with being comfortable, being as huge mm -hmm. as sound, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a, a really um, big thing to navigate. Like it, how do I feel? How comfortable do I feel being this big, you know? Mm -hmm. And then once I can be this big, who am I in that in that vastness and how big I am? I, I must consider everything in my way. I must be compassionate. I must be loving and caring and safe. And it you know, it brings up all of those things when I realize that everything I hear is is me projecting myself in this in this space and everything is in the umbrella of yeah my sound and then back back to me and and it just that holding that like really holding space mm -hmm. like that is has been a game changer with everything that I do whether I'm whatever I'm singing whatever abstract sound I'm making or if I'm singing a song it's kind of you and me together mm -hmm. whether you're a tree or yeah. you're, you're in this we're in this just wide yeah just landscape of of sound mm -hmm. and um and it changes the relationship with 
the audience and how I'm interacting with them and how I know that they're experiencing sound differently whether I come up close to them or whether I move far away or whether it's sharp or fast or slow or soft all those dynamics all those expressions just it takes on this just incredible giving and taking and sharing and receiving and this back and forth that we're in and it becomes alive in in even more than the fact that we are alive (laughs) I therefore I am alive no I'm alive in what is this world around me of of just sound Mm -hmm. um that's touching me that's holding me that's moving me literally physically but moving me emotionally Mm -hmm. my heart my soul it makes me want to cry makes me want to laugh it makes me scared you know all that like ah it's it's uh it's really incredible like it's just sound and the physicality of sound and touch and vibration and um yeah when we come from that starting point no matter what you're singing if you're singing an aria if you're singing Joni Mitchell if you're singing Mm -hmm. you know bird sounds whatever you're doing if we start from that point of um I am vibration we are vibration we're sharing we're giving we're receiving we're together it's not just about me because I'm sounding it's about us Mm -hmm. that community and that being in it together it's yeah it just changes everything that comes up even mm-hmm. if you're speaking to a, yeah. a gas station, whatever it is, <laughs> we open our mouth. It's like, oh, oh, it's not just, you know, I'm sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I love that. Oh, one of the questions that I always ask masterclass guests kind of at the beginning is what is an intention that you're keeping for yourself right now? Would you like me to answer that more as a teacher or as an artist or? Well, you could do both too if you feel to kind of speak about both both facets of that? I think something that's really important to me, I mean, when I think of intention, I think of um, of, a value in my work. And I think I really hope to, my intention is to help people and and myself farther along the process is to help feel really more comfortable when when I reduce it down mm-hmm. it comes down to feeling good yeah and not being afraid yeah um, feeling comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. no matter what your your sound is because so so many people want to sound like something that they mm-hmm. think ideal voice or an ideal singer and that stops them from feeling like their voice is 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 worthy of it and just feeling like their voice is singular incredible whatever sound they have like don't be afraid to use it and and love it not just use it and think okay i just i just use it there it is no i I found it and i love my voice yeah um, and to move through the fear that we have. So many people have so much fear around opening their mouths to speak um, mm-hmm. or even more to sound. And um, when we do when we do use the voice in a powerful way or in an uninhibited way, 
um, and just, I mean, not, not in a way where we hurt others, not, not caring about others. Mm -hmm. Right, I mean, right. But like, here I am in my full, here I, here's my expression, here's my sound, here's my color. Um, and, and whatever comes through facing it and moving through it and not being afraid. So I think really my intention is to, to be a doula yeah. <laughs> for people to feel comfortable in their voice and in their body and their skin yeah. and um, face face those fears and move through them and be empowered um, to realize that they can, we have the power to change how, how yeah. we feel. Well, um, I was wondering, because you, this is a thought that came to me when we were talking about experiencing the vastness, especially about like opening ourselves up to that. Mm -hmm. If If you were kind of in community with someone who felt blocked about experiencing that for themselves, Kind of what direction would you encourage them to go or do you have anything that you that you would recommend trying strategies or or just kind of experiences something like that that might that might help them move through that block to to being more or at least being okay with being uncomfortable through that first steps and then and then developing more comfort with that vastness yeah i mean so much there's so many so much of the work it comes in from different avenues to mm -hmm. speak to, to speak to that essentially confidence mm -hmm. and um but I, I i really find that just naming it and asking that question some people you know you might never even think of it that way you, mm -hmm. you never think of, of of it never occurred to you to think of oh is sound you know it's filling up the room. It's making me really big. How do I feel about that? How do I feel about, um, in a way, invading someone's space? <laughs> yeah. I'm touching them. And I just took up all this room with my voice and they're in it. How do I feel about touching other people? How do I feel about, um, yeah, and, and entering a room and being really big? So I think just just by proposing those questions to people in workshops when I work with people, that's already an eye-opener. And they say, oh, I, I never thought about that. And mm -hmm. and just just by thinking of it and working through it and maybe naming what what they might fear about that um, start begins to dissipate um, mm -hmm. and, and just understand ourselves more. But yeah. yeah, many of us just never thought of asking that question. Yeah. Of, How do I feel? being vast how do i feel mm -hmm. taking up space how do i feel touching other people um, well, and i bet you would agree with me that uh, many of us that are kind of trained in the in the classical tradition um, mm -hmm. are are very often convinced about fitting someone else's checklist or fitting into a box of sorts and and then confronting that question for themselves about what it feels like to be vast, to to be themselves, to be their singular voice, and also kind of enveloping other people in in that can feel a little daunting at first, you know, they're, because they're so used to saying, like, just, I'm, I'm this canvas, like, you tell me, I'll be what you want, and, and then starting to realize your own agency with your sound making can... Mm -hmm feel a little unsure at first <laughs> yeah yeah and I think we all have to realize that even, even I mean we're, we all have the, the the power to 
affect ourselves and other people and and in that sense I think we're all healers Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's something for me personally in my path that I've had to think about more and more just because of the sound baths and the everything I had mentioned and people saying things to me that I was like, oh, I, I, you know, I don't know. People said, oh, you're, you know, we feel like you're an oracle or a channel or a shaman or, and I'm thinking, I'm just a musician. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I really didn't come into this with a starting point. I didn't take yeah. like a course. I didn't go on like a, a you know, journey to become this thing I mean I've been on lots of journeys with this but I you know I I, it just it's just is Mm -hmm. and I think what that is is being present it's being present Mm -hmm. it's just being there aware connected I'm here I'm aware of my body I'm aware of what's happening around me and that comes into play with everything that we do whether we're speaking or whatever happens and I think claiming that power mm-hmm. first for then and feeling that each one of us has that power I don't have to go on like a vision quest to be that person yeah. um and feel like I I can be that person in different ways for my friend for a community on on various scales but then we become we take we have we we take that agency we say I I yes I can be that person no one has to like you know, ordain me to be that person. Like I, I can feel connected. I can listen. I can um, feel you. I can feel us together. And I can, I can give. I can share. I can be to you know. And and the practice is is being present and feeling like, yes, I can be that person. I am that person. I I can share and I can offer and I can help and I can. Um, I, I know, <laughs> you know, just that the I know as mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I say it all the time too, those in between moments. But overall, I feel yeah. I practice and I know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's not about an absolute truth. It's about feeling like it's that connection. It's yeah. I, when I, when I, when I guide my sound baths and, and, there's so much doubt that can come in and like mm. what, am I, what am i doing what do i think yeah. I'm doing? like i'm a healer who you know what who, who am i you yeah. know and who do i think i am and that voice can get so loud like i don't mm. have the i don't have i can't do this someone else needs to tell me what to do i and and i'm good at that role um and yeah maybe for some of us that's where we feel comfortable and that's where we want to be mm-hmm. but but no, I think that we can all, we all should feel that we, we do know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not, you know, a self-centered, not in a self-centered place, not in a place where we don't care about other people, um, in a place where we really do care um, for just, for, for, for our well-being, for all of our well-beings. Because yeah. uh, we're, we're practicing an, an art form and, mm. and we're not, this isn't, this is about, you know, this is about other people sharing in an experience with us and seeing and feeling something and seeing something in a different way and being inspired by something. I mean, that's why we're doing what we do. That's why we're essential workers, you know? Yes, we're yes. <laughs> we have an important role to. A very important to role. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully, like, pass that on, like, hey, you know, 
And with my work, I really hope for people to experience what I experienced through me. You know, I want them to go through something in their own bodies as they, not just watch me and be like, oh, that was great. She was, she's, she's talented, you know? <laughs> yeah. And with my energy and everything that I do, I try to break that wall of they're watching me and, you know, they're here and I'm here. No, we're in this, even though you might be sitting in your chair and I'm yeah. on a stage. Yeah. Um, and then kind of like passing, almost by passing this baton onto like, hey, now it's, now it's your turn to go out there into the world and, right. and, and yeah, share yourself. Right. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I think we, we very much vibe on that. I think in that, in that experience, in the performance experience from my perspective, I think I always invite audiences or listeners to to realize how much a part of it they are. And I invite them like into our shared space before performance. And because we have these, these co-roles in what happens there. And then I think similarly, or something that I vibe with, with what you said was, I often think of making that sound in that space, hopefully encourages them as they go on to do the thing that they do in that, with that same energy and that same sharing and that same, kind of we'll just keep coming back to expansiveness and just opening up because we all we all have these gifts and we all bring them together and, and it's in that sharing of it that becomes really special yeah yeah absolutely i was wondering Odea, one of the things that i talk about kind of in sybaritic singer land and writing about things and on this podcast is mm-hmm. helping you know helping musicians and think about musicians, composers, artists, like think about kind of work through logistical skills as well as kind of their overall art making skills. And I was wondering if you had a kind of technical skill, this could be like technique or it could be just something that's a little bit more like logistical of a skill that that you really love to teach. Hey there divas, real quick thing before we get back to the rest of this episode. Do you love Studio Class? You can support it now by joining the Sybaritic Camerata on Patreon. It's just at patreon.com slash mezzoenen, M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. For $10 a month, you can join the listening circle where you get access to bonus episodes, you can make listener requests, and for $20 a month, you can become a Masterclass Scholar. Do you ever wish you could ask our Masterclass episode guests a question? Here's your chance. As a Masterclass Scholar, you're invited to the recording of the Masterclass episodes, and you get to ask your questions during an exclusive Q&A after the taping. So come on over, check it out, patreon.com slash And now we're back to the episode. Yes, I was thinking about that. And I, 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 I mean, I love teaching in general. Yeah. I, I, I feel so blessed to be able to teach. Um, and, but what I really love teaching is actually dynamics Ooh, <laughs> because, yes. um, because so many people think that they, they can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. They, they feel, it might feel like a really daunting, like, how do I, like, how, how do I give a lot and then give a little, how, how do I manage? I mean, it's a lot of breath management, right? And core mm-hmm. management. 
physical. It's 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 the diaphragm working in these different ways and the breath yeah. work. Um, so yes, I can talk about that, and I do talk about that more technically with with, with students. But what I what I love doing is this call and response, mm-hmm. um, where I am very expressive. I have these like very expressive sounds or things that are that we know like woohoo like yes <laughs> or like oh, oh my god oh it looks so sad or like what what, yeah. what? <laughs> what? Yeah. oh 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 and just kind of going through these like what oh no no yeah. you know these different sounds and then and then having having students repeat that back and they're yeah. just smiling like so happy and just surprised that they yeah. were able to like get these really high pitches and high notes and, and loud notes and then go deep and low and get all these different sounds so yeah. that d- dynamic range of expression and also pitch wise and tone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but through that call and response which i I, I always do with students. It's amazing. They, it just it, it just open it just opens it all up um, mm-hmm. through, that, through that. Well, and I love that it, in that you're also reminding them that they make all of these sounds just yeah. very naturally. Like your voice is your voice wants to do this, you know. So when we think about then when we think about perhaps singing, quote unquote, you know, like scare quotes around it, like it, there are all these sounds that you've made already in your life, and so your voice already knows. And you just are practicing accessing them all the time or accessing them in a more conscious way so that you can do them exactly when you mean to. <laughs> yes. It's it's just, I, I always bring up like being on a roller coaster, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, one, no one's stopping before they yell going down really fast. Like, okay, how do I sound that pitch? <laughs> you know? And, but afterwards, if you told someone, Oh, can you sing that high note? They'd, they'd think I could. I could never hit that pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, so, no, you just did. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's just so important. I mean, voice work. We can't see or touch this instrument. It is okay. not. We must be in our imagination and our visualization and our play and our embodiment of things to, to, to figure out how to produce that sound and the body just. Yeah knows and then you look and then you reflect on that oh what happened there what did that feel how then mm-hmm. how can i reproduce that so um so yeah it's really it's really it's always really incredible to see people yeah. that think oh i could never do that and then oh there it is there yeah it is. yeah yeah <laughs> i love that i love that you said dynamics because that that's not one that always comes up and so but it's such an i mean in integral part of what we do and and part of like what makes it so magical and so like like I wish that we you know you just feel like you can you can access that all the time so I I love that you said that (laughs) I'm wondering another when we kind of uh switch gears a technical thing but then also one of the things that I talk about is kind of chunking things down into more manageable you know manageable steps for things because sometimes being in our creative lives things can feel overwhelming because you have a vision of what you want something to look like and the middle ground can seem kind of murky and one of the reasons and you've you've helped in this before because you've been a 29 days to diva mentor in the (laughs) past and and I loved 
I loved your responses so much for that. So, so shout out. So anybody go back and search 29 Days to Diva and Odea's name and you'll hear, you know, be able to read some of those. But when we talk about micro actions here, I always think about chunking something down that's really, really manageable that you can kind of do consistently. And the, the example that I always give is not necessarily like write the grant, quote unquote. It's because that's like full of so many parts, but it's like, finish the intro or it's like you know create the budget if you were doing that from a grant perspective but i was wondering if you were thinking through your your life in music and all of the creative work that you do if you could identify a micro action that you feel was really empowering or impactful in your journey so far mm -hmm. Well, I think it's, I think it's really the adding on of every little thing that I do, every every performance, every, and and not you know not doesn't have to not big performances like every performing for one person, performing in a small setting, performing here, doing this, doing this, just the the traveling, going and and spreading it in these different places, and just just one thing after the next and gaining that experience. I feel like um, some people might think that, okay, how is that worth it? Like, is this thing worth it? Is this like, how much is this thing paying? How much, you know, all those things. And then, oh, it's not worth it. But I mean, now I am more selective also being a mother to two, but yeah. not just not thinking as much about how, you know, how much is this paying me, but more about, is this experience a worthwhile experience? And I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in, I'm going to have that experience and add that to my basket of experiences as an artist. And, um, I think just those, those little things that add, that add up. Um, yeah. and I do feel like that is, that's, that's something to mention because I know that, you know, over the years, people have had friends even that, oh, you do all these things. And I think, well, you can do that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can just, just don't, you know, don't stop yourself from, from, uh, from, all the, from all the little things that you might think, um, you know, you're maybe thinking, is this, is this really what I should do? Maybe I should put my energy into something that's more productive here. But all those experiences and meeting people and talking to someone and facing someone and sharing your work in these little settings just add up to a whole body of experience and work. Yeah. Um, and it's paid off for me because I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've, I've been to many places and done many things. And, um, and yes, of course, we do need support at times to get to these places. But sometimes, I mean, I've broken even or I've found other little things within that one thing to add to make it all work. Like, right. how do we make it all um, work? So the, the little things that add up even in yeah. thing, like traveling somewhere. Um, I think that's such an important thing to note in how we all make decisions about the kinds of things that we take on, that we all bring those threads together or those puzzle pieces, whatever metaphor you want to use, mm -hmm. if there's something worthwhile that you, we all just kind of figure out how to make those work for our own situations. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that for maybe anyone who's who feels like, 
they have to like make their whole living as an artist, otherwise it's not valid or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, for me, I just thought, okay, how else can I support? I really want to perform. Now now things are different, but yeah. when it started, um, I, I really want to get out there. I want to go here. I want to do this. I want to, how do I make it happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, experimental music, there isn't that much, <laughs> much money in it. <laughs> and, uh, so I thought, okay, I can teach. I wanted to, I love teaching. And how can I, can I organize these workshops? And how can I reach out? I teach yoga. Can I reach out to yoga studios? Can I reach out to this? How can I make this happen? How can I piece, how can I create a workshop that I can yeah. offer? And then the sound baths and I would reach out to other students. How, so it was this, you know, the, the different things that I, um, figured out the different things I can offer that aligned with my mission and my value as an artist and what I wanted to put out there into the world. So yeah. not a compromise at all, mm-hmm. but I would, I would say to really find what, what that is, like what, who are you as an, as an artist? I mean, of course you have to be that type of artist to, mm-hmm. to do that, right? If you're, if you're, you know, if you're just someone that's looking for a role in different places, that's a different path maybe but um if you feel like okay i i'm an, i'm a whole artist and i have these different outlets and different things that i can do and this is my message and how can i um yeah how how can i convey that message in different ways and yeah. and thinking of what is something that that has more more of a monetary value like okay i'm teaching someone would pay for that and and so then i can offer this thing with with less payment you know so just that juggle of um how can i navigate the things that i that i really want to do um Mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes sense i know that it definitely does yeah doesn't you know it's no you know when i went to grad school and at cal arts and coming from new york and and I had this passion. I thought, I okay, I'm really into composition. I was really into free improv and experimental art. And I had a teacher at the new school too, even before coming here, um, uh, Jerry Hemingway, who's incredible. And he's a drummer. He played with Anthony Braxton for many yeah. years. Jerry, I'm really into this, this like extended technique free improv. What do I do with it? You know, I kept trying to to have a teacher tell me what that path was. To yeah. <laughs> to make this thing work and I realized no one can tell you like that's the truth and even at grad school I'm like I'm at grad I'm in grad school I've got my mentor like tell me what do I do the path yeah the path like is there an order of operations and there really is not one way you know Mm -hmm. there are many different ways and we have to find our way and and I've just I feel like we you have to think of what your mission is what your desires are for a connection and what you want to put out there into the world and figure out how to organize that in the way where like okay, here's my product here's this mm-hmm. thing um and for me i've been lucky that all those things have just come together in this way and now i perform voice baths in a museum and i'll you know do a workshop and then arts you know that they've all come together and um as this, as, as like an entity. <laughs> so I had someone little... recently ask me, they were saying that they, you know, they also have a very interdisciplinary way of being themselves in the world. And, and they were worried that they had to kind of split each one of those things into its own, like message, its own. And I said, 
don't think so. If you feel like it's very separate from this one and that it would be confusing for people to to be able to understand you in all of that, then sure, you can split that off for for marketing reasons. That's fine. But I was like, but I think you can always think of yourself like in your umbrella, your holistic self. And each one of these expressions is part of what you do. I, I think you're such a great example of that where you you identified all of these ways that you want to you know, offer your creative work in the world. Mm -hmm. And they're all part of your umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, again, I want to say that I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that this is an easy path at all. And then like, oh, just find what you're, no, not at all. It's, it's definitely not an easy one to, to, to figure out what, who you are as an artist and what mm -hmm. you're, what your unique message is or your unique way of 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 transmitting that message that already exists you know that just that takes that takes work and uh, and a desire to to, to find that mm -hmm. um, but it's infectious when you are your authentic self and um it's people feel that see that and mm -hmm. they're inspired and like oh Yes, like I see that in this person. Yeah. yeah. And they thank you for that. And yeah. they thank you for giving them the, the empowering them to be that themselves. So, yeah. That's so true. Come the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, like, there you go. <laughs> it really is that. It's like you, you become, and as a parent, I know that very well because. You know, they, they say that your children might not listen to you, but they're watching you, they're you know? Watching you. <laughs> so sure. you have to be that person as an example of what you want them to be. And they feel that, they sense that, and they become that, even if they're not listening to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and definitely, and I'm going to take that, you know, as being the artist, just putting yourself, if you have the vision for it, just putting yourself being that that you that you say you are and you know so it's not just about writing it down or whatever it's about just being that and walking that um yeah. i would i think i was wondering if if you've had a student that came to you and said you know i'm just feeling a little stuck in being able to articulate my message in the world how would you guide them um that's a big question. <laughs> I can, in many ways, what, what ask them what that, what that message is. I mean, often, um, I think that we have to, well, I would tell them to meditate. <laughs> that's what I would yeah, tell them. Yeah, yeah. It seems like, oh, well, that's an easy way. But no, it's, it's I've, I've had a, I've, this last year and a half, actually, I've had a, a deeper meditation practice. And it's, it's incredible. We just really need to, sit with ourselves and mm -hmm. I don't know what that message is journal write sit with yourself yeah sit mm -hmm. write journal listen mm -hmm. and and find what that is no one can no one can tell you you know no one can mm -hmm. show you and it's it, and I've been doing hour-long meditations not in the oh. daily but yeah really taking that time not necessarily of a pasana that's awesome too but even if you just take a prolonged period of time like an hour out of your day for a week uh, mm -hmm. 
and and really sitting and letting those things come in. The, the, all, they just bounce off the. You have, hear that voice, and you're like, no, hear that. You know, and, and you're fighting it. You're and you sit, sit, sit until it comes. Mm-hmm. What is that? I mean, not the answer, but yeah. something, a vision, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you start breaking that down. Like, what, what yeah. is that? What do I feel? What do I see? What do I? And then you sit again, and and just breaking it down to just um, having your, and and also you, by sitting in meditation, you ha- you're you're going through really powerful experiences with yourself, and then you can speak to those experiences, and you've met yourself in a different way. You've met yourself in a different way, yes. <laughs> in a different way, you know. It's um, so. Yeah, I mean, some people go have take plant medicine, and that's they, yeah. they meet they meet you know yep. mother in various ways, and and that's wonderful. Go for yeah. it. But, but meditation, when we just sit quietly with ourselves, we we still meet that we meet that source, mm-hmm. um, and if we listen and if we're open, so I think that um, I would suggest that it's yeah. a journey. It is it a journey. Is. that message is and um but if we want to be on it then i think i always say with this work that i do with people i'm not teaching them how to sing you know rostini (laughs) (laughs) how to just that 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 raw material how to access that like okay i can even see my raw material and from here i can build on that and i can sound like whatever i I can sing like janice joplin or i can sound like an opera singer or classical, you know, whatever I want it to be. But I need to meet my, I need to meet the raw material of myself. And then, um, so, so yeah, I think, um, sitting, sitting with oneself and, and, and what I was going to say is that the, you must want desire that path and when you desire that path it can really be just it's like turning a corner like oh Mm. it's like a paradigm shift it's just oh wow i just i never turned my head yeah i never saw that and it's been right here yeah you know the other day i i was actually in a lift for the first time in a very long time and i was coming home and i was in the back seat of a car driving up the street that i live on and i thought oh my god i've never looked at these houses (laughs) from this perspective and i never noticed these houses i've been living here for 10 years so kind of like that where wow it's some things are right there, but we just ne- we might have been driving down the same road for ten yeah. years, and never turned our head to a certain angle to notice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that's so powerful. Definitely. Well, and another thing that I think is is incredibly powerful is the the power of curiosity. I think it's just a superpower. And and so uh, you know, our studio class listeners know that I love to ask this question, which is, what is something that you are deeply curious about at the moment? Well, something I've been experiencing for the last, um, more since I've, since the pandemic began and I've been doing a lot of virtual teaching and in my teaching, um, been doing these group, group online lessons where I, it's a monologue basically. Yeah. So everyone has their camera and their audio off. And so I essentially practice the whole lesson with yeah. everyone. I'm introducing yeah. it. 
talk about it and then I set a timer for sometimes 10 minutes and I'm practicing. So um, it's been more pronounced um, in the last year and a half or so, but I've been having a lot of flashbacks from very random moments in my life. Yeah. Not my wedding day <laughs> and these like big moments, but just, you know, a moment I turned a corner on a street, you know, a moment I walked into a grocery store in a somewhere, you know, not insignificant moments in my life. Um, and I found it extremely fascinating. Mm. Just, wow, how is this memory? Where is this coming from? What is that? And it's so, it's been incredible. It's been an incredible experience. And I, I've been, at first I just thought, no, I just, you know, whatever. I thought just, that memory just came up. But, but it happens every time. No, it's wow. just, boom. I just, I'm like, where am I going to go? And there I am in some random moment from my life. And, um, and it's just incredible. It's incredible. Wow. There's so many things we forget. Yeah, truly. <laughs> and I'm talking about random as in, I walked up the stairs from the subway. I'm just like walking up the stairs and, you know, but it was something that happened. Like I remember that, that day where like I walked into the Starbucks or something when I was yeah. 21 and you know it, it was something that happened it wasn't just any scene of someone walking up the stairs like I was there yeah. uh, and I've been really curious about that and 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 just how the mind and uh, yeah why mm -hmm. why those moments why that happens and, and just how our how our like whole experience of, of life can kind of come back in these ways and, and yeah filled in this way and it's like we're we're holding the past and the present and mm -hmm. our dreams for the future in this in this moment of being connected and being um and and and, and just improvising and letting things letting things come through us as a, in an art in a creative way so that's been, been really interested in that and curious about that. I just oh, I actually that. wrote about it on, on Instagram. Oh, perfect. I'm going to go find that. <laughs> yeah, no, not, I didn't get any responses except for one friend, a childhood friend who's a painter. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen her in years, but she wrote that she experiences the same thing. Oh, yeah. She's been really well, curious about it. I've definitely had some of those. I have kind of a, a recurring childhood one that's just shown up a bunch this summer. And I'm like, that one, huh? Like that just keeps coming coming back around. And I think they're so interesting. Also, I really love that we can evoke that when we're when we're making sound in other people. I I find that part when listeners tell me afterwards, I was thinking, oh, I just had this thing where I you know it saw my dad and we were like talking about through this this piece, and I'm like, I love that there's like I love hearing those those moments from people and you never know what it's gonna be for them that's like I can't prescribe something onto them but I think yeah. when we're in that space you just maybe you just help open some doors and you go oh I I just really want to know what you thought about during like you know what what happened for you where did you go what did you feel during those times and I I think that's when we think about our sound making as a healing practice, I think that that's very much a part of that. Yes, yes. And with, especially in the sound baths, when I, when I began doing it, I would just, 
want to hear what people experienced in so many visions, so many visions. I felt like I was here. I saw myself here. I, and it's incredible. Just the, the, the visualizations are amazing. And I really always hope that people go on a journey. Yeah. But I think specifically with this, I've been curious about the extremely random insignificant, yeah. you know, it wasn't, it's not, yeah, I just, I wonder why, you know, just passing by, you know, yeah. this thing, this, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's just been really, yeah, it's just, it, I think it, it's been feeling, like I said before, like this, like a whole, mm-hmm. like everything I've, I've gathered yeah. is, is kind of in there and trickles and yep. isn't lost. Um, isn't lost. And uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm big on journaling and, and mm-hmm. I just I have journals for my kids too, just kind of writing mm-hmm. things that happened in their lives. And, um, and I think it's when we're in that creative state and especially performance and for me, especially improvising, it's just yeah we, we just can go deep into that imagination and, and 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 memory and and it all floods back and we're just yeah it's, it's fast <laughs> yeah definitely i love that well odea i'm going to as much as i could talk to you all day about these things i'm going to i'm going to ask you to share with our listeners where they can find you if they wanted to interact with you online or maybe find out more about sound baths that you do, things like that. If you would share kind of where you want people to find you online, that would be great. Well, I have a website, odeanini.com, and there's also voicebath.com. It's more for my teaching and the, and the voice baths. And would you spell your, your name for them so they know how to? O- yes. <laughs> O-D-E-Y-A. N I N I Um and on my Instagram I definitely post about things that are happening and share a lot of thoughts. Um, I recently completed this fifty-three long minute voice bath film. Wow. <laughs> with some collaborators. So I'm really excited about that. It's a very meditative film with just images of beautiful images of nature and these this animation yeah. on top and I'm singing my voice bath for 53 minutes so that wow. will be um up for viewing it's part of an exhibition but it'll be up online for anyone to to view uh, September 9th I believe so oh, yes. I'll be posting about that and I've also been working on a um a voice lesson course so great yeah, so I'm, I've, I've filmed 14 lessons so far. Oh, my gosh. That's, you're, like, cooking. <laughs> I'm getting to 30. And yeah. so I'm really it's been a big project to um, create this just platform where people can access these lessons and this mm-hmm. guidance. Um, yeah. Will they be able to find that on your website, too? That it's not it's it's not completed yet. I'm still I'm still working on it, but something to look out for if people are interested in this kind yeah. of work. Yeah. Um, of course, I teach privately as well, but this will be this will be out there for yeah. to practice on their own and come back to. And they're like lessons, you know. I talk yeah. a bit about philosophy in this work and um, all these different avenues and channels to yeah, kind of my my practice. Amazing, amazing. Odea, thank you 
so, so much for being our masterclass today, being our master scholar and, and just a general guide in our sound healing lives and music making lives. So thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for asking me to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this masterclass episode on Studio Class. Hey, before you go, do you have a second? Will you take a screenshot of this episode and share it to Instagram with your takeaways? You can tag me there, at Mezzoinen. That's M-E-Z-Z-O-I-H-N-E-N. It makes a huge difference when you share this podcast with your friends. Or even strangers, really. So, with that in mind, I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening!